Welcome to Rise and Shine, the podcast dedicated to women in home building who are ready to rise professionally and shine personally. I am your host, Abby Cornelius, and I am thrilled to embark on this empowering journey with you. Together, we're going to dive into the world of leadership, sales, mindset, results, and corporate climbing, all tailored to the unique experiences of women in this industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or you're just starting out, Rise and Shine is here to provide you with actionable insights, inspiring stories, and expert advice to propel you forward in your career and illuminate your personal growth. So if you're ready to break some barriers, conquer challenges, and redefine success on your own terms, you are in the right place. It's time to rise, it's time to shine, and it all starts right here. Let's get started. Real quick, before we get started, I just want to invite you to connect with me personally. I know this podcast is a great way for you to tune in week over week for some inspiration and some stories, but I'm on a big mission. I'm on a mission to help women level up, level up their leadership, level up their life, find a way to do what they love in a way that feels good. Right now, I'm looking for three women sales leaders who want to elevate their teams to elevate their impact. If that sounds like you, shoot me an email, abby at abbycornelius.com with the word elevate, and we'll hop on a quick call to learn more about your needs for your team and see if I can help you get there. But in the meantime, thank you for tuning in and let's get back to today's episode. All right. Welcome to another episode of Rise and Shine. I have Miss Jen Barkin with us today as a guest. Hi, Jen. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. If you don't know Jen, well, you're missing out. So you're going to get to know her today. We're going to fill that that hole in your life. Jen is an online sales coach. She works for Do You Convert, where they specialize in really all things online sales. And I'll let her spill all the goodies on what they yeah. do there and how how she helps serve this amazing industry. Um, Jen and I had a chat a few weeks ago. As you guys know, I'm on my my mission to meet all the people and have all of the networking chats. And Jen and I hit it off and I, I just asked her to come on and share some of the great stuff that they're doing and that they're learning about online sales and sales in general. So we're going to get into all of that and more. But Jen, I love to do this thing where women just kind of share their journey of how they okay. got into home building because I like to encourage that there's more than one path, right? That's the cool thing about home building. There's a million different jobs and a million different ways to grow in your career. And you've had a really great career in this industry. So why don't you share with everybody kind of your journey, where you came from and what you're doing today? Love to. How long do we have? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> All the time you need. Oh, man, it's been, it's definitely been a journey. That's a good word. Um, really, my my start in this industry was in 2005. And I started as the office manager for uh, the development arm of the real estate brokerage that I ended up working for. So, they had this development office. They needed a, an office manager. And that's kind of how I got my start. Quickly realizing, okay, like office management, fine, <laughs> but I want to be doing something else. So got my real estate license. Um, opportunity opened up in our new home division. Mm -hmm. Went over there. Um started doing more operations management side of the new homes division. And in 2012, I think it was, um, as a operations manager, 
I went with my sales management team to see Myers Barnes and Mike Lyon talk about new home sales and online sales and this the, this uh, program that they were doing, New Home University, I think is what they called it. And at the time, as a management, you know, in, in management, we had shifted our builders to more digital marketing. And we, you know, we were, it was all about lead generation and digital marketing. And again, this is 2012. And we were moving from away from print advertising. And as managers, we're like, what happens to all these leads when we get them? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know what's happening with this digital marketing traffic. We're still using reg cards and documenting walk-in traffic on, you know, you know the drill. Yeah, this is a very pivotal moment for those of you who are new. Very to pivotal this is a moment. Very pivotal moment. Yes. In when we transitioned from paper to computers. To CRMs <laughs> and yes. like what? Everything. Yeah. Rock yeah. to people's worlds. Didn't even yes. know it could be done. <laughs> it was definitely a pivotal, it was definitely a defining moment where I had gone and I'd seen Mike and Myers talk about this and I said, we are stupid if we are not doing this. Right. Like we have got to figure out a way to figure out what our return on investment is with these leads that we're creating for our builders. And just to back up, I worked for a real estate company that represented or did the sales and marketing for multiple builders. So I wasn't mm -hmm. just working for one builder. I was working for this marketing company, sales and marketing company. And so my boss at the time was like, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. Who's going to do it? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I was like, I'm going to do it. And so I kind of did two jobs at one time at the beginning. <laughs> Still kind of did my existing job, but then started working with Mike Lyon. We, you know, we hired Do You Convert at the time. It was just Mike. We brought him on as a consultant and we got our online sales and marketing or online sales program, not marketing, but online sales program up and running. And I was able to not only start the program for Rose and Womble Realty, which was the brokerage, but we ended up like implementing it across the board with a big chunk of builders that we worked for. So they were like, well, I want an online sales specialist too. Yeah. Like you're, you're, that's great. But like, I want you on my website. I want, so not saying that I would ever probably recommend setting this up this way, <laughs> but I was the OSC on multiple builders website. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's kind of how I got into and, and really fell in love with online sales because I was able to see the impact that it made for all of these different builders who went from, not having the program to having, you know, implementing the program and seeing how it could get them more sales. And also importantly, give them a, a like quantify what was happening with these marketing dollars that we were telling them to spend. Yeah. You, spent, you know, you spent this amount to get these leads. Th this was the result, which was the missing piece back in again, 2012, 2013, you know, it was kind of, you know, newer and people were, well, it felt risky, right? Marketing was never something that they really yeah. had a bottom line for beyond right. a helium tank for your balloons to go out on the weekend. So now you're saying spend thousands of dollars. Okay, maybe we will, but what are we getting for this? And that's yeah. always the question, you know, that, that 
um, the operations team is going to have your, your division presidents, you know, your senior right. leadership is like, what's the return on this? What's the return on this investment? How do we justify this? Mm-hmm. And sometimes in marketing world, you don't get a clear path mm-hmm. of the return. Yep. You know, you just, you just don't. Sometimes it is somebody's got to see something three times before it hits home and they actually do something about it. And you can't quantify that yeah. for every transaction, but leads coming in and then us not doing anything about it is certainly not helping your bottom line. <laughs> so, no. so implementing this, no. I love that you were just like, I guess I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know, well, because that's going to be me. <laughs> you know, I feel like when I look back, Abby, over my career, there was a lot of times, even before new homes, like even before the real estate industry, there was a lot of times where I just took a leap and said, yeah, I'll try it. I'll do it. And, you know, sometimes it was a, it was a fail or more importantly, I figured out as a young professional, as a young woman coming up, you know, and after college and kind of figuring out what I was going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped me figure out like what I liked and what I didn't like. Right. Like I even at one point, Abby taught high school biology. What, <laughs> what was I doing? Right. But you I was like, Hey, you don't sure, know I'll try it. Well, and I think too, Jen, that's such a huge point is I think we think our path is linear. I think we think we just got to follow this one thing. And I know, I know for me, a very pivotal moment in my growth was when a mentor of mine, you know, I was bitching about the same thing I probably bitched about for the last three years. And she goes, Abby, you are not a tree, my dear. You can move. And I'm like, wait, what? Like she rocked my world. Like nobody had ever said that to me. And I was like, what do you mean? Like I've invested 16 years in this career. Like I've told everybody, this is what I'm doing. Like my husband, my family, my bosses, my mentors, she's like, yeah, but you're still, you're not a tree. Like you can move, you can carve a different path. You can do a different thing. And I think too often we don't give ourselves the grace and space to do that. But also one of the things I wrote down while you were chatting, and I know we're like not even caught up to where you are today, but I'm (laughs) just going to go there is innovation will be stalled if there's nobody willing to try. Yeah. And when you said this idea came up and you're like, who's going to do it? If you guys waited to try to find somebody who was an online specialist, which didn't exist at that time, Mm -hmm. or you waited till it was, um, I've I've worked for plenty of builders who are like, Hey, we're not, we're not a pioneer. We're a fast follower, but let somebody else work out the kinks. Yeah. There aren't those leaders, those pioneers, those people who are willing to throw the proverbial spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks innovation dies and and we Mm -hmm. stall. So kudos to you for saying, this is cool. I think we need to try it. I got a pretty big job as an operations manager working for all these builders, but yeah, let me figure out this online sales thing on top of everything else. It was, I just felt really passionate about it. And that passion that I felt about it is what made me a successful online sales specialist but what makes me an even more successful coach, which is what I do now. So, you know, transitioning into where, you know, how did I get, how did I become a coach at do you convert was that thing, that, that thing that I was so passionate about and, and that I saw how important it was in our industry and how it could get our builders more sales. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to talk about it and share it with, you know, 
more than just my company, but like I wanted to be able to help other people achieve the success that I had achieved um, when I was in the role. Yeah, which is the exact heart of a coach. So you're in the right place, right? You're doing you're Thank doing you. Yes, I love it. There is it is the best job in the world. I don't even think of it as a job, but it it is the best thing, you know, being able to get up every morning and you know, look at, okay, here's what I have on my calendar today. Here's the awesome people I get to talk to today. Like that I'm being a hundred percent sincere when I say that, like, it's a privilege to be able to do, to get to do this. So. Yeah, absolutely. And before we hit record, I was, I was geeking out with Jen. I had a very busy morning, but I felt the same way, right? Like you have this calendar that's full of stuff that you're excited to do people you're excited yeah. to help. And also, if you're working with the right people, they're leveling you up and making you feel full. Oh, my gosh. Also, which is I think that's probably one of the best things. Sometimes I feel like being a coach or being a, a trainer, it's a little like self-serving because, yeah, of course, it's yeah. great to help other people. But it also feels so good that you're like, wait, should I feel guilty about this? Like, <laughs> kind of like I'm helping you, but really it's just it's, yeah. it's so rewarding on the other end, too. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about about do you convert the role okay. that you play there and we'll kind of start there. Yeah. So do you convert? We actually have three kind of arms to our company. We have the online sales side, which myself and Jesse Suggs and Amanda Martin and, and Mike Lyon, you know, we all work with online sales specialists and builders to implement their online sales program, like, and, and focus on lead conversion. Like, okay, you got the leads. Now what do you do with them? And and those things. We also have a marketing side to our company, which we have, gosh, I've lost count. Like we have so many amazing people over there now headed by Kevin Oakley. Um, and we're working with builders on the, on all things, digital marketing to drive the very best traffic to their websites to convert to those leads that we work on the online sales side. So we have that whole yeah. marketing side to our business as well. And then last year we added a graphic design uh, team uh, headed by the amazing Carla Tootin, right? So she's building that program over there. So really we can work with builders on, you know, creative design side, marketing, lead generation, and then lead conversion with the online sales side. That's incredible. So yeah. My um my salesperson brain is ticking and I know your guys' logo is a funnel. <laughs> yes. So I was like staring at it at the kind of corner of my eye. You guys are really top of funnel services for home builders. Yeah. Right. So Absolutely. it's like, hey, we want to not just market you, we want to position you out, branding, yes. logos, design yes. that that's all of it to people, right? I think we're no longer mm -hmm. in a world where you can just say, oh, builders use blue font. So let's be a blue fonted builder. Right. Like, <laughs> I think we need to do a little bit better than that. Yes. And sometimes we can't even say homes, right? Because like, that's not clear enough. We yeah. need taglines now, right? Um, everybody's got, every, every builder's got a tagline. Mm -hmm. And so there has to be intention behind that. What does your brand stand for? What does your brand look like? Yeah. Is it is it memorable? Is it speaking to your ideal client? And then you're going to take them, you're going to do that with your graphic design company, right? What do we want that branding to be? Yeah. And we're going to go into marketing. Let's share that message with the world. Let's get us some good lead generation going. Mm -hmm. And then what do we do when we get a lead? And how do we get that back yeah. into the builder's model into their, you know, um, yeah. 
field sales. Mm -hmm. I think I, I wish this was something we could change. Like, I don't think it's like online sales versus like model sales. Like it's all sales, right? We, we, we pass a baton. Well, ding, ding, ding. Like nothing happens unless we have sales. So like, oh, wait, 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 wait a second. <laughs> Time out. Jen just broke the internet. <laughs> nothing I happens mean, in home building until we get a sales. Well, I, I actually, that's so funny. I've heard that like, obviously all the time throughout our career, right? Nothing yeah. happens until we sell a house. But then I went into land and I'm like, wait a second. Actually, nothing happens until we buy land. <laughs> so, but you're right, right? Sales, sales, but I mean, everything. Like, yeah. I just, I just mean, you know, so many where I see things kind of break down sometimes is like, even just, and, and I'm, and I'm an expert in online sales. So that like, that's what I speak, you know, I want to speak about specifically is, you know, sometimes online sales is not positioned as they're just like over here in the silo. Like I see them sometimes or sometimes they set me an appointment, but really they are positioned. They should be positioned as an extension of yeah. the sales team. Yes. Like they're like your inside sales team yeah. that is over here working. Yeah. And their purpose is to get, you know, engagement and get appropriately qualified appointments over to the sales team. And so when I say nothing happens without sales, I I, I truly mean that because um, sometimes we get online sales specialists that are like, man, sales isn't doing this or, you know, I'm over here doing this and sales isn't doing that. And it creates this divide when really online sales specialists, if you're listening to this, like sales is your teammate, sales is actually your customer in some way too. Yeah. Really? And so yeah. you've got to, you've got to break down those barriers and yes. work with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I think home building, we talked about this briefly on our own outside of the recording, but home building historically has operated in silos. And I really think we need to start yeah. breaking down as many of those silos as we can, especially when they are um, what I like to call handoff moments, right? So yeah. if you're on, if marketing is going to generate leads that you're going to hand off to online sales, they should be talking regularly, right? I mean, I actually, one day, to the choir. one day marketing sent out an email about interest rate changes that they never communicated to sales and we're getting <laughs> blown up and we're like, what has happened? We sound right. like, idiots when a customer calls and wants to know right. at the rate rate, which was probably at the time, because I haven't sold in a minute, it was probably like 2% or something like that. And we're like, yeah, 2% sounds great. But like, no, we're not offering that. And they're like, oh, we'll see this email we just got. So marketing and, and online sales and, and field sales, like we need to break down that wall, online sales and field sales, we need to break down that wall. Because what I found with my you know, experience managing and leading a, a sales team. So we're on opposite sides, right? You're managing, leading and coaching the online. And, and we hear the same thing. Oh, well, they didn't set me a good appointment. They didn't do this. And it's like, well, how much information have you given them recently? How much yeah, do they actually yeah. know about the community? Do they know that this is what you're trying yeah. to sell right now? Do they know that, that, you know, yeah. your school district changed? Like if you're uh, frustrated with the quality of leads you're getting, then you have an earnest on your part to communicate with your online sales team and make sure that they know what you know, mm -hmm. like set them up for success, set the customer journey up for success. And then conversely, I've coached online salespeople who are like, I want to, I want to, you know, most people have a heart of wanting to help, right? I want to do a better job. I want to set up better appointments. What can I do? And we talk a lot about the questions that you ask and how you then share that information, whether that be via mm -hmm. CRM or whatever your company uses, but how can we set the next person up for success, right? Yeah. 
Like, don't set them up to fail. Let's set them up for success. And then you can take that further and say, hey, sales, now you sold a house. How can you tee up construction and your loan officers for success? So yeah. it kind of is this mindfulness that we do. We all work together. We have a shared well, customer. Communication is, yeah. the, is the conduit. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. So another thing I wanted to ask you, so you were like one of the founding, you know, members of the online sales movement. How have you seen that position change over even just really specifically even the last couple of years where I think we've taken even huger strides as far as technology goes? Mm. Well, that's that's two part that's a two part answer. So definitely since I was in the role, just the sheer volume of leads, the shift from online, I mean the shift from on-site walk-in to online. The shift of you know people just going out to the model home to starting right. their search online you know that has shifted tremendously just sheer volume right. and lead sources like types of leads coming in you know when i was in the seat we had a couple of different lead sources now there's so many different lead sources out there that you know marketers are using to get traffic and, and get leads that you have to have a variety of ways to follow up. It's not one size fits all. So that in a nutshell, I mean, that's really changed. Specifically in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of shifts. Again, you know, obviously the pandemic totally changed uh, the, the business model here where everything shifted from, there was no walk-in traffic anymore. So right. it was like everything funneled we through the online sales, the online sales specialists, yeah. right? Which was like, oh my gosh, nobody could have even predicted that any of that was going to happen. So it was a lot of builders, you know, had to staff up, you mm -hmm. know, like, okay, now we went from a team of one, now we have a team of three, just because of the sheer volume. So that definitely changed, like having to map all of that out. Yeah. Um, and the consumer the consumer sentiment, the mentality of how they buy homes changed. Like starting their search online, even do, using uh, services like self-touring, U-tour, self-touring, things like that. Like all that shifted. Right. What we've seen in the last year though, Abby, is definitely a return to a more normal type of leads and kind of traffic situation where we're seeing walk-in start to pick up more like kind of go back to that normal mix of i've got walk-in traffic i've got realtors now more in my life um realtors that have buyers there's a few um and so we're seeing kind of that leveling out a little bit and return okay. to more which is exciting because during the craziness of the last few years um, online sales was just in a total reactive mode out right. of sheer uh, necessity. <laughs> like, yeah. I am just underwater trying to manage everything that I could possibly manage. And a lot of the cool stuff and the meat and potatoes was lost during that. Right. Same thing with on-site. Like, yeah, I was going to say, I noticed a huge yeah. shift in 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 online and and in-field sales in terms yeah. of when the volume is so high what we tend yeah. to do is shift more into transactional selling exactly and nobody really likes that but it's out of the necessity of there's so many people i need to get to the end yeah. result the urgency is high maybe i don't need to discover right. whatever that is and so we got totally transactional 
and we were still missing people right maybe we weren't giving a great customer experience because we're like now vip list is full we yeah. got enough people we don't need your business like it just kind of went all yeah wonky there for a while and what i found is one of the things that happened during that time is people fell out of love with the job they were doing because we're not transactional salespeople. Mm -hmm. we like yeah. the connection we like the getting to know the story and i do notice that salespeople in general morale is higher because they feel like they can provide better service right now Absolutely. they feel like they can be more connective more right. um experience based versus transactional based mm -hmm. so i love hearing that that shift is happening totally board because we need that otherwise who wants to yeah. i don't want to sell houses if i'm just taking numbers that's not fun for me i want to help people right and i want to get yeah. to another story so i love hearing that we're, we're getting the opportunity yeah. to we're getting slow back, down again we're getting back to being able to have you know really great conversations on on the front line um you know getting to get those stories behind the numbers like you're saying yeah and um getting creative again with um, video and prospecting yeah. and hey, I'm going to get out on site with my on on site team today and we're going to do some cool stuff together. That's the fun stuff about this position. And when you can really dig in and work with a customer who's had interest for a year and like finally get them to the yeah. finish line of buying a home. Yeah, that's the stuff that is super awesome and fun and yeah. versus just yeah i got an appointment like yeah okay yeah, yeah. So i have a fun story about an impactful online sales manager and kind of how that helped the whole sales process so this was before covid and craziness we just had a really great neighborhood that was in a phenomenal school district and we were reopening a new phase there was a lot of demand but there was a lot of <clears throat> leads like an enormous amount of leads because this community had been open for years and i was an area sales manager at the time and my online sales uh girl was like just a rock star i mean she clearly communicated with everybody she knew everybody's story she mm -hmm. teed sales up for success she collaborated with us on like what is the rollout right so she was setting good expectations to help manage it and then she she said can i come can i come we did a <laughs> this is crazy. We did a camp out. So oh, it's like yeah. first come, first serve. I know this is crazy. It it went it went really well. I don't highly encourage this, but it went well. And um, she was like, Can I can I be a part of it? Because she felt so tied to these people. She had invested so much in nurturing them for the several months leading up to it. And when she came out, she was like a celebrity. They were like, Oh my God, oh it's my you. God. Right. And it added this other layer to the customer experience. And uh -huh. it and then she was there being like, Oh, you're gonna love working with so and so. Like they're gonna take really good care of you. So she was like, an additional hype girl but also she was the connector they all knew liked and trust her yes and had we not had her there i don't know if it would have been as fun i don't know if the buyers would have been as as quick to make this one day decision we were asking yeah. them to do with a camp out but because she had nurtured them and then she also showed up which i think is so important we don't often have our online salespeople in during these mm -hmm. moments but i think there's value to that get them out there let them see the hard work that they're doing meet the customers if you can at like a meet your neighbors event or something like that they're part of the team i and love that story to, like, keep them in a room and so that person is shakira mcmahon who's an amazing oh, oh yeah shakira, okay yeah she's amazing so she's one of the um area online sales managers at taylor morrison yeah. now and leading a team herself but she just did such a great job and it was so nice to see how valuable 
that role was. Like mm -hmm. we would have been a mess. Like she just did such a good job of setting those expectations, creating mm -hmm. the excitement and not letting people come into this stalled launch grumpy and frustrated. And we thought this was going to happen. Like mm -hmm. it was just smooth and beautiful. And that's, that's the power of a really good online sales specialist. And I just want to call out something that you said that is super important is that setting expectations. Like yeah. that is a, that is a superpower that online sales need to remember that they have. Right. And that makes a big difference. Setting expectations around what's going to happen when you come out and meet with Abby at Happy Acres. Yeah. Setting expectations around what it means to be on our wait list. Right. What does it mean to be on this interest list? What's going to happen yeah. next? Yeah. With so much uncertainty out there right now that consumers are dealing with, online sales can can provide some certainty, not necessarily about predicting the market or whatever, but what's going to happen next or here's our process here at yeah. abc builders and here's what's going to happen when you meet with us yeah that is a a under utilized talent or focus that online sales sh should have but it takes time so in yeah. order to do that it takes intention and time so she couldn't have set those good expectations if we didn't all meet as regularly as we did Right. She right. wouldn't have known what so, to she wouldn't what know expectations what to say, to right? Say. Or we would have had misalignment anyway if sales yes. if field sales and online sales weren't speaking the same language. So, you know, for me as an area sales mm -hmm. manager, my job is to make sure we're all speaking the same language and looping marketing in on that too. So we would meet prior to these grid openings is always a hot button, right? And how do we I think that's a really good time for clear expectation setting. So the four of us would meet and it's like, hey this is my dream and vision for how we're going to open this marketing mm -hmm. poke holes in it. What am I not thinking of? Like, what do we need to do timeline wise? Cause I'm always going to be more aggressive than it's probably realistic yeah. and then get marketing on board with that too. Like we had handouts and flyers that supported the same messaging she was saying. So she could have a call and say, here's our, here's the expectation, here's the flow. And then here's a PDF that supports that because our marketing team had her back with that. And then the salesperson has that in the model and they're reinforcing it. Like these are things you have to think about if you really want to deliver a high level customer experience and also a high level employee experience because employees need guidance and clarity and direction as well. And when you don't have that, you're like talking into the wind. Like I think maybe, or at the last community we did this. So they're probably going to do that. That's not very reassuring language for a customer to hear or for a person to sit in and have to say. So I think you no. need to put that intention up front. So I just, I, of course I agree with everything that you're saying, because like we were talking before, it all comes down to communication and not being in silos. But something else that you said that's really important, I just want to point out, is that I hear this from online sales. That's why I want to, and, and any leaders that are listening to this. Yeah, for sure. Online sales speaking specifically about this coming soon event and community and things like that. Online sales sometimes get stuck with like, okay, I've got to update these people, um, but I don't really know what to say. And they, they put it on themselves, like they're trying to figure out what to say and they don't want to say something wrong because then that's going to hose everything up or they're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, so just from a leadership standpoint, it is not on the online sales specialist to come up with these things. Like they've Correct. got to be yes. giving them, hey, this is what I want you to say this month or this is what 
I, I want you to relay to everybody on the list. And so, yeah, that's, that's huge. It's not their job. It's not even the salesperson's job. It is the leader's job. And yeah. sometimes even a, a, you know, as an area sales manager, even above me right. sometimes. And what I found is the obstacle to this and leaders need to do a better job of this is they want to wait until the last minute to set pricing or they want to wait until the last oh, yeah. minute until they communicate stuff. And it's like, you are causing stress within your teams mm -hmm. by delaying this information. And I'm not saying we have to give it to the customers 20 you know months in advance we don't need to go put it on our website we can do coming soon and, and all that but you at some point have to make a decision and you have to call the shot and you have to say this is the plan this is how we're executing and then you can't change it so i've heard of launches where they say all this stuff and then they realize everybody wants to buy and they're like okay well let's take pricing up fifty thousand. okay online sales team go call all the leads and tell them oh Just yeah kidding. pricing that's 50 super grand. fun not so bad it's so <laughs> bad for the customers bad for your employee like in morale mm -hmm. and then we get gun shy the next time Right. And then you've got that online salesperson who maybe has pricing and is like, oh, I don't really want to share it. I'm nervous. I don't want to have to go back. And we just, it, it, it's not a great way to be. If you are concerned that demand's going to be high, this is speaking to the leaders. The best way to approach that is say, this is our initial pricing and it's going to, it's going to yeah. after the first two sales. Whatever that is. Again, set the expectations. Yeah. Give yourself the opportunity this change. Yeah, to adjust. Yes. yes. But don't hold it. Like there, right. there's a happy medium, right? There's a, there's a, I always say there's a win-win in everything. We need to not be so worried about making sure we're, you know, maximizing our profit that we're like yeah. losing out in customer experience mm -hmm. and we're losing out at, at supporting our employees to the best way. There is a happy medium in terms of positioning, timing, and rolling out these things, but it, it yeah. does. It takes a lot of communication up front and then the courage to just say it's go time and stick to your guns and let mm -hmm. the chips fall where they may. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Well, one of the things I wanted to chat with you about, Jen, is you guys do a survey. I do you convert you do. where you go in and you basically see how the world of online sales is doing. <laughs> where are they excelling? Where is their opportunity yeah. for improvement? Um, I saw that. I think it came through in December, maybe November, mm -hmm. November. But of course, I signed up for it. Let me see all the stats. Show me all the yes. good stuff. And I was surprised by some of the stuff on there. Um, good, surprised, and also like, mm -hmm. oh, we're still not doing that. Like, yeah, come on, people, we got to follow up. This is like the basics. So I would it's love crazy. To, I know. I would love to hear from you. What were some of the things that that uh, we'll start with? What did you see on there that you were proud of? That you're like, yes, we are doing this. We are improving. We're. This is why we're here. This is what we're meant to do. Yeah. So. Um, I think what stood out to me first, as far as improvement goes, is that we are improving on um, a couple things. Video email, like we're seeing more adoption. It, it, we used to see like the last couple years, like 5% of builders were sending video email. Now we're like at, uh, you know, 24%. So, I mean, that was like a huge, I think yeah. COVID kind of pushed people like to get more comfortable on video. Like, you know, with Zooming and all those things. So that's really cool to see continuing to improve using video email. Um, the other thing that we had an improvement or that we saw an improvement on was um, the year before, we only had one builder who actually did all steps of the handoff process, um, as we like to see. Um, and this year we had three. Yay! 
so <laughs> we, yeah, we, we got better. We had three that actually did all of the stuff. So definite improvement in those areas, but it's really interesting, Abby. And, and we're randomly selecting these builders. Some of them, you know, we work with some of, most of them we don't um, work with. And so we're just randomly picking these builders, but it's really interesting, like year over year, there's still some same common themes and it's like it's just really interesting to see so it's like the good news is um the the bad news is you know people are not following up that great and the good news is yeah. people are not following up that great because there's there's room for improvement yeah um, i think there's always going to be room for improvement and i have like i could do a whole other podcast of my feeling feeling about shops and how they should and shouldn't be utilized i think they're good for data i think they're good for coaching opportunities yeah I don't think we should ever expect perfection. So any leader out no. there who's like, my team scored a 70 on their shop, give them grace, right? Nobody has, not everybody has a great right. day every day, right? Um, it should be, are we making it's progress? just one snapshot and you should use it, like you said, I 100% coaching and training. Yeah. One snapshot. But yeah. what we tell leaders all the time, Abby, is, hey, the shop is a glimpse. Yeah. Online sales is the most transparent position in right. an organization. They're doing like, everything at, in this at any time. You can at see at it all. time you can go in and just <laughs> look. You don't need to like you don't have to shop them. You can go in and look. Yeah. You can look at response time. Yeah. You can listen to yeah. a call. You can yeah. look at what they're sending. Yeah. Like so what were some of that what were some of the bugaboo stats that you had where you're like, oh really? Bugaboo. Like, like with, with the follow-up specifically, because I feel like the the follow-up percentage was like shockingly low. Yeah, so what, what hurt my heart was 52% of the builders never called. Like that hurt, that hurt, that one hurt. Because I'm like, yeah. what? Um, the other thing, Abby, we put in the, um, the shopper put in the inquiry, like, feel free to text me, you know, text me or whatever. And this was before, I know there was a lot of texting changes and things that happened at the end of last year. But this shop was during the summer when people were like, leads are down i'm slow like i've got more bandwidth you know so yeah. i would have expected the results to be a little bit better than what they were um but despite us putting text us 61 percent didn't text wow yeah i saw that that was one that surprised me because i often hear well the phone call is dead nobody's gonna right. answer I'll text. They don't know right but on text I almost think text is good. Like you could pre-text before a call too. Like I do this in my business. I'm like, hey, this is Abby. I saw that you booked a call. I'm gonna give you a call in five minutes. Just wanted you to recognize the number. Like you can pre-text to a phone call. That's Absolutely. not impossible to do, right? And I've had people do that, you know, where they're like, hey, I got your thing online. This is my number, save it. I'm gonna be calling you once I get X, Y. Like people do this, companies do mm -hmm. this. This is normal, right? Yeah. But I think that like, we used to use the phone calls dead. I wanna text, but now we're texting now we're tracking texts and it's like well, you're not doing that either so don't don't use that as like, right if i could text i would like you're clearly i know that's not, that so i know that that's that's what i say too i'm like well what's going on while i'm texting well no you're not yeah <laughs> so cut the cut the crap yeah. i think the other one you know we we talk at deconvert we talk a lot about like i know one of the things i get really passionate about as a coach is you could screw everything up like you, you literally could do everything wrong, but if you're quick and you're responsive, yes. like you might not know all the answers. Once you get that person on the phone, they might, they might start taking you down a rabbit hole and you're just like, 
Uh, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you answered your phone and or you called quickly and you tried to engage quickly, that covers a multitude of sins. And what was shocking was I think it was like 56% of builders took more than four hours to respond. Yeah. That initial inquiry. Well, because think about what's happening in those four hours. They're going on to another builder. Oh, they're looking for information. And then whoever's going to get them first is going to be the one. I think sometimes we think my community and my product's so unique. It sells itself. Well, no, like everybody's selling a four bedroom, two and a half bath house, 2,500 square feet. Like you, you and your level of service will 100% differentiate if they're going to come to you first on Saturday or even come at all. And I know like, I hate using car shopping because it's, I, I don't think it's, I think it's apples and oranges, but I know when my husband and I, like we get our mind made up, we know what we want and we go out there and we find it and I'm texting dealerships and he's texting dealerships. It's like, whoever gets us, gets to us first, gets the deal, right? Whoever answers that phone quick enough, sends us what we need, invites us to come in. That's typically who we end up buying from because we already know what we want. We're just trying to figure out how can we get it and make it the easiest for us. Yeah. Because the customer feels like the customer feels like, oh, like the builder must care about me, like me or care about my business. Right. Otherwise it's like, oh, it took you four plus out. You yeah. took you all day to respond to me. Yeah. I bet you have plenty of sales. You don't need, you Little must not really care yeah. about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's the message that we're sending. And so that, that bugs me, you know, yeah. that, that bugs yeah. me a lot because I go, yeah. Hey, this was during the summer. Um, when everybody is t- telling us, Oh, like lead, you know, I'm slow. What, you know, what else do I need sure. to be doing? And I go, mm-hmm slow is a, is a bad four letter word. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't you should a hundred percent on all these things. If you're yes. Right. Low, right. 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 And, well, so, and another thing you take into consideration is, is generationals. Like who are you selling to? What's their, what's mm-hmm. their preferred method? Again, if you're asking oblige, but it's so funny. We were watching my husband and I were watching a show last night and in the show, these like teenage kids found a roll of film in like their deceased mother's camera and they're like oh like what is this you know how, what do we do with this thing that is like they're like you know smacking it remind me of like i don't know if you ever watched zoolander where they're smacking the computer like how do you get the files i think they were like what is this thing and so they went to a place and they're like do you do you know what to do with this and he's like yeah do you want the fast processing and he points up to the sign that says one hour processing and they're like, that's the fast one. And he's like, I could have never lived back in like the 80s or whatever. And people expect things quick. You know, they expect this like Seriously. instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And especially when it's you're, you're putting out there like this is an online person in their minds. And we all know this isn't true. You're not just sitting there waiting for somebody to pop up. You've got a lot to do and a lot on your plate. But they literally think people are just sitting there waiting to respond. They don't know. Yeah that some of these builders are only one person handling 600 leads, right? Mm-hmm. They may think it's like a one to two ratio or that there's a call center somewhere. Right. That's not how we're set up. So until, and I don't think we need to do this, but unless everybody in the buying public understood how builders set up their online sales, which isn't going to happen, we need to right. meet them with what their expectation is, which is timely well, communication. Well, and, and I think what builders and leaders need to take from these stats, not that, Oh my gosh, my OSC stink. Because right. online sales specialists, if you're watching this, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying this is a symptom of 
do we need to staff up? Does my OSC yes. have too many leads that they can't possibly respond yeah. in a timely manner? So I encourage, you know, look at that survey and go and look at your own program and go, okay, if we're not able, physically able to get back to these people in a timely manner, then we need to look at adding another team member, like, yeah. and, and making sure that we can, we need to staff up because more importantly, how are we, it's customer experience. Like, do yeah. you want your customer to be feeling like, well, they don't care if I buy him or not, or do you want them well taken care of from the start? Yeah. And, and that's interesting. Do you guys have a metric for how many leads per online salesperson or like a range that you think is like, Oh achievable? yes. Because oh. I feel like this is a big question that I get asked from sales leaders is, yeah. do I have enough online salespeople? I'm like, well, hell if I know if it's yeah. not working, you probably need more, but is there like a, an industry standard? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we like to see a hundred. So one online sales specialist can manage, like if they're doing all the things that they should be doing and prospecting and calling and texting and videoing and all those things, 150 to 200 new leads a month each. That's it. So like when well, you, and nobody's staffed appropriately. <laughs> can we That's just say that right now? Like right. nobody's staffed appropriately. And, and then I feel like it's also one of the first, Hey, things are tough. Maybe we don't hire another online salesperson. Maybe we get rid of one of them. And it's like, you're just going to make the problem worse. You're going to, you're going to squeeze your funnel where it does not need to be squeezed. It needs to be wide open at that top. Let all those leads come on through. Absolutely. That's crazy. Jen, that's, that's huge for me. I'm going to use that with the leaders that I chat with of, as oh, a yeah. benchmark. Cause I feel like I see single salespeople doing as much as 500 or 600 plus. Oh gosh. No, that, that hurts my heart. Also, here's the thing, you know, it's important to, um, you know, when we, when we look at, you know, cause the other question we get a lot is, okay, how many leads should they manage and what are the benchmarks? Like what should they be converting? What should they be contributing to the company sales? That's yeah. the other thing we're talking about yeah. sales here. Are we getting yeah. the sales that we should from right. this program? So 50% of a builder's sales should be coming from their online appointments. So what did you say? Sorry, I'm taking notes. 50%. <laughs> So if a builder's goal, you know, sales goal this year is 200 just for easy math, a hundred right. should be coming from their online sales program. Right. If they're not getting that, there's probably a reason either there's not enough leads, too many leads that aren't managed properly. Um, you know, the online sales specialist could be converting better, you know, like there's something that's off. And so what we see is on average, a 40% conversion of lead to appointment. Okay. So 40% lead to appointment is where we're at right now. Appointment to sale is 20%. So if somebody sets, you know, a hundred appointments, right. Right. 20% of those should be going to sale. Yeah. Um, and then overall, like I said, overall contribution to the company, 50%. So those are kind of the, what we're seeing and, and we don't count all of the builders we work with, but when we look yeah. at the builders that count their metric, like data integrity of like, this is what constitutes a lead appointment and a sale. This is what the averages are 40, yeah. 20, 50. Um, and so more leads if somebody has 600 leads like you're saying 
that doesn't equal necessarily more appointments and sales. It just means that they're can't manage what they have really well. You're going to see lower conversions. You're going to see lower conversions. One of the things um, I try to stress with people is sometimes we don't need more leads. We just need better conversion. You know, so they're like, oh, I want to throw more marketing dollars at this. I'd rather rather us figure out how to just maximize what we have coming in. Like, not that you shouldn't also be spending marketing dollars, but that's not the first place I would jump. If your conversion is lower, how about we spend that money on staffing to increase conversion? or buy the software to increase the conversion. So those conversion stats are very similar to like what we would see on a sales side, right? I'd probably say like 30% lead to appointment. I would like 20% appointment to sale. But when I was at Ryan Homes, another thing we really stressed was scheduled to held. Yeah. And I don't know how much you guys track that with your builders. We but like track how- it 90%. Is our average 90%. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I like hearing that because I think that that's a huge opportunity too, mm-hmm. where maybe somebody's hot today. They're, they had a painful morning getting the kids ready in their house or, you know, their neighbor, you know, we've had some neighborhood drama here. Right. And you're like, I'm moving, right. We got neighborhood drama. I got to get out of here. So, so you book the appointment and then two days later you go to a birthday party, you fall back in love with your neighbors and you're like, I'm not going to that appointment. I'm not moving. Right. But yeah. how do we keep, how do we keep those people in? How do we keep 90% the appointment held? It's aggressive, right? That's an aggressive number to say, hey, 90% of what we schedule, we expect them to show up. I know on in, in my experience, we encouraged that to be like a, a dual-sided effort, right? The online sales team needed to tee up the salesperson for success, do the handoff, but then the salesperson also had to say, I'm excited and looking forward to meeting you. Like there had to be a, a, a mm-hmm. two-part person. Yeah. Well, how do you guys approach that transition to, to hit that 90%? Yeah, that is, that is 90% is the goal. And that is not just the goal, but that is actuality. So we do track that. Mm-hmm. And so the benchmarks show that um, 90%, in fact, when we look at our top tier performing programs, it's more like 95% are showing up. And here's the key. Online sales has to roll out the red carpet and set expectations about what's going to happen. So again, it goes back to the setting of expectations. Hey, when you come out for a meeting with us, this is what's going to happen. They are doing their part of the handoff where they're initially sending their uh, tour confirmation email, right? This is what you're going to be meeting with, blah, blah, blah. And then enter on-site. So on-site needs to immediately reply all, send a video, send a text. Hey, Abby's filled me in about what you're looking for. I'm so excited to be meeting with you on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is where a lot of people, this kind of goes to the wayside. Like some people do it, some people don't. The day before the appointment, online sales is confirming again. Like online sales is saying, hey, tomorrow we're going to see you at Happy Acres. Excited to meet with you, right? If anything's changed, let me know. On-site sales the day of is also send, is, is then sending another quick little text message. Hey, looking forward to seeing you at 11 o'clock. And because what happens too is that if somebody sets an appointment on a Tuesday for a Saturday, to your point, they go and they talk to their sister and their sister's like, I can't believe you're looking at a new home right, right now. Are you crazy? Right. Yeah. And they get like cold feet. So we've got to like touch them. We got to touch them a couple of times during the week 
And also a little trick we tell online sales specialists is try to get them in sooner than later. Don't delay the appointment. Create right. some urgency by saying, like, if I'm talking to somebody and it's 11 o'clock, I'm going to be like, Abby, hey, let's do this thing today. We actually have time at 4.30. Can you come in? Yeah. Like, try yeah. to get the conversion try to get the appointment in quicker yeah that way they don't have time to talk to yeah, their the more, mom the more time that goes, yeah the more time that goes that up uh, that yeah, or neighbor yeah that emotional thing kind of fizzles yeah. and that's another reason yeah plugging to all the salespeople out there keep your calendars updated for the love of god oh yeah, yeah. i know this is a pain point yeah. for online sales versus sales mm -hmm. and i just i don't know why salespeople. there's a team of people who want to get you business please 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 let your calendar be available yes. let them know what's going on <laughs> um don't shoot yourself in the foot and lose a sale because you just couldn't get your calendar life yeah. together it's too simple mm -hmm. but i think like this is huge for me um you know especially as a as a one woman show i, I schedule a lot of appointments and i don't think yeah. i do a good job i mean even you were like are we still meeting i'm like Shit, i failed jen <laughs> like this is her thing i should have been on top of this like I, this is a good like wake up call for <laughs> for me yeah, but I think it should be for everybody. And and a humbling reminder to salespeople, you you own a piece of this. This is not just okay, online sales team, bring me all the appointments, and then I'll work my magic when they walk in the door. This is your online sales team is an extension of you, you guys are a partnership, they should know what you know, they should mm -hmm. be, you know, pitching and, and teeing you up and setting those expectations saying the same thing you are. And then when you get a lead that comes through, you should be like, yes, thank you so grateful and jump yeah. on that lead then and do not wait until <clears throat> don't even wait until the day of get do that preliminary can't wait and then mm -hmm. make sure you've got your systems in place and we can automate some of this if you're not a super organized person like me i'm going to look at how to automate some of this for myself yeah. um or if you're in a high volume neighborhood i know sometimes it can be like well i was in appointments all day i didn't have time to send that well maybe you come into work a little bit early and you just quick email everybody that you've got booked for the day and say look forward to seeing you at two look yeah. forward to seeing you at 12. i mean well as a as a salesperson uh if i know that one out of four or one out of five appointments are going mm -hmm. to write a contract yeah i'm gonna pay attention yeah you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. okay i know that one out of five for sure like yeah. if i do yeah this process if my online sales team is is functioning yeah at full capacity and i do these four steps it's four steps then one out of five it's proven are going to write a contract those are good odds. i'm going to do i'm yeah. going to do i'm going to do my thing yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah this is great i love hearing the benchmarks you know i always knew what was going on in my bubble but it's good to hear yeah. overall are we tracking are you are you doing mm -hmm. the right thing so hopefully those of you that are listening um especially those of you that work for smaller builders that maybe don't have the resources that some of the larger builders have in terms of data data collection like i always had a funnel i could just look at and it would tell me all right. these wonderful things but sometimes you have to do this manually um so if you are with a smaller firm or a smaller builder you may have to do some of this math on your own to see where are we and is it working yeah but it's worth doing uh, i cannot underscore enough the importance of benchmarking gotta know and trying to make progress you don't need mm -hmm. if, if you're not at that 50 percent, do not tell your team we're at 30% sales conversion. We need to be 50% by the end of Q1. That's insanity. Right. <laughs> Instead, let's say, how can we get to like 33, 35? Right. Quickly? You know, yeah, and just, what, do we, what do we need for that? Do we need another person? Do we need a better system? Mm -hmm. Do we need just an extra touch point? I mean, sometimes it is just one extra touch point and boom, like 
those mm-hmm. conversions start tweaking. So I'm, I'm geeking out and getting all excited. I like the number side of things. <laughs> um, well, but- yeah. And I know, I know you're probably like, stop talking, Jen, but <laughs> when you, if you know your numbers, then you can start drilling down and diagnosing where the opportunities are. Yes. If it's a lead to appointment, yeah, then you go, okay, how do I increase lead to appointment? Response time, asking for the appointment, overcoming the objection. We got to mm-hmm. get more appointments. If it's an appointment to sale issue, then you go, okay, we're good over here on appointments, but appointment to sale is lacking. Then that's a handoff issue or the right. OSC is not qualifying appropriately or, you know, like, or is a salesperson issue. Right. Like, and so you're not going to be able to know that unless you start with metrics. Yes. So, yeah. And, and I even like, I would take it a step further as a sales leader where I would know my conversions for each neighborhood. And, and oh, you know, yeah. sometimes, sometimes you can't do a generalized approach, right? Maybe it's, hey, this this oh, buyer yeah. profile, your your numbers are going to be a little bit skewed here. Or this is a hot neighborhood. Your conversions better be above industry average just based on this community and the demand. So I don't want I don't want a salesperson or an OSA listening to be like hard on yourself or, oh, my numbers are so much better than this. Every community is going to hit different benchmarks. That's why these are averages. That's right. The goal is for you to averages. know where am I today mm-hmm. and how can I get a little bit better tomorrow? That's yep. really what the messaging should be, in my opinion, around all of this. Absolutely. Wonderful. I have one more question and then we'll wrap it up because we are okay. coming up on time. Um, if you could download, I always like this question. Imagine you had a USB. Do people still use USB drives? I don't even know. But imagine you had a USB drive and you could plug it into an online salesperson. What is the one mindset that you would want them to have so that they create the habits and behaviors that they need to be successful? Mm, I love this question. And I think I'm going to go with um, tenacity. Ooh. And the reason I say that, like, you know, I was thinking about this and there's a quote by um, Amelia Earhart that's like, the most difficult thing is to, I'm going to get this wrong. The most difficult thing is to, is the decision to act. The rest is merely tenacity. Mm-hmm. And when you think about like, if I could download an online sales specialist, I would say one of the first things is, you know, you can go through some training, you can you can watch webinars, you can read the books, and you can listen to the podcast, and you can do all the things. The first thing is executing what you've learned, right? But right. then the tenacity to continue to do it. You know, when you look at the definition of tenacity, it's really about persistence and determination. It is easy to, like, you could do the steps, but, like, being disciplined and staying with it and being persistent. You know, we talk about 100% of the process, 100% of the time, 100% of the leads. Yeah. That's the hard part. Yeah. You know, like, okay, like I did it like some of the time. You got to be persistent with it and staying with that lead and doing your prospecting. The other part with tenacity I think about is the online, the on-site sales side. So many times we hear from online sales specials, like it's really hard, like bridging the gap, connecting with my sales team, getting them to work with me, all of those things. It takes tenacity. It takes determination to want to, to want to communicate with them, to want yeah. to make it better. Yeah. And I just, that's what I would encourage online sales specialists to be is be tenacious, be determined, stay with it. If you're new in the role, it takes time. 
takes right. time to um, get comfortable in the seat and be confident about what you're doing. And if it's a new program for your company, it's a culture shift. Be determined, stay with it, be persistent and execute what you learn out there. Yeah, I think that's super important. That's great advice, <laughs> really, excuse me, for anybody. Um, oh, yeah. And, and the reminder that with time, you will get better. It will get easier. You're going to get faster. You know, yeah. I remember when I was a new sales manager, I was just super overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to get through all these emails. I'm never going to get through all these meetings. I'm never going to do all these things. And one of my mentors was like, Abby, it takes five years to build a winning team. If you're going to give up in three months, it ain't happening for you, sister. Like you're never going to get to that reward of what happens on the other side of tenacity. And I think, you know, I, I talked about Shakira earlier. She was a pro in place. She did this for years. And one hour of her time was probably like six hours of a new OSC. And like, oh we, yeah, we knew that, right? And that's the benefit of, of sticking to things and being tenacious is that you become an expert quick, you get faster, you add more value. And this mm -hmm. is another reminder for those who are staffing, if you have an entire staff of new people, you're going to need more people to get it done, mm -hmm. but you take good care of them, pay them well, make it, make their job, you know, feel the rewards, feel appreciated, yeah. feel like a valued team member. They stick it out. That person that you invested in today is going to be that plus one person that you don't need to rehire because they're just working yeah. faster and more efficiently. And I think sometimes we forget that too. You know, I would always say like, oh my gosh, if, if we lost Shakira, we would need like six people to replace her. I don't know how she was one lady doing all of Charlotte, but she was, but it was because she, she logged her hours. And yeah. so I think that's the important thing. If you want to be a rock star OSC, if you want to be a rock star salesperson, it starts with getting good at being consistent. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you. That that's what I would upload to tenacity. That makes sense. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for being on oh here. Thank I you. hope everybody listening enjoyed our like sales funnel geek out. <laughs> Hopefully, I know. If you talk about numbers all day, because yeah. it's like it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, and it does. It tells a story and it helps us drive the business forward yeah. and make educated decisions. So it's really, really valuable. If people want to reach out to you, Jen, and learn more about Do You Convert and see if maybe you guys could help them yeah. build, train, and support their online sales team, where can they reach out to you? Yeah, so deconvert.com. First of all, we have tons of free resources out there, um, blogs. We have two podcasts, Market Proof Marketing. We have online people talking podcasts. So tons of information out there. Um, all of our um, all of our coaches and marketing team and all of that is listed on our website. If you want to reach out to any of us, we are open and available to talk to you anytime. Wonderful. And I will be sure to put a link to that in the show notes. And yes, tune in to uh, Jen's podcast, Online People yes. Talking. I, I love the name of it. It cracks me up. Right, <laughs> We do talk in person. <laughs> so do tune into that, guys. And Jen, thank you so much. I I, I appreciate it. I think this is really good. Yeah. Thanks, and I hope that um, everybody got a little nugget and it's a bye for now. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Rise and Shine. We hope you're leaving today's conversation feeling inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to make a meaningful impact in your career and life. Remember, your journey is unique and every step you take brings you closer to your goals. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment of empowerment and share with a friend, somebody who you think may benefit from this episode too. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, insights, and even topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes 
episodes by connecting with us on social media or leaving a review. Your feedback helps us tailor Rise and Shine to meet your unique needs. Until next time, keep rising, keep shining, and keep making your mark in the world of home building.